Hi everyone, I'm Elise Marsh and I'm your host here on the Perfectly Wonderfully Made podcast. I believe the journey to becoming a parent allows each of us a glimpse into the heart of a creator who so desperately wants you to know just how chosen, designed, called, and beautiful you are. He sees you perfectly, wonderfully made. Well, friends, it's been a crazy few weeks. Let's just be real. I mean, it's been a wild year for me. But if you've been listening to the show for a while, you already know this. We ended up back in the hospital with our little Indy last week. The kids and I got the flu. Oh, golly. It's been wild. I snuggle and squeeze my babies just a little bit tighter these days, you guys. Thanks for being with me on this crazy life journey as I navigate these days. I need you. I need my tribe. So thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. I went to Jamie Ivey's book tour this week. So fun. In Seattle with my friend Mindy. You guys, have you heard about her book? She wrote her first book called If You Only Knew. I started listening to her podcast a few years ago, and she was such a huge inspiration for me to start this podcast. I just remember Jamie saying so many times over and over in different situations to talking to different people, she would say, no one can be you. Go and be you. So here I am being me. I was such a fangirl, you guys, last night. I had no chill. I tried. I really tried. But you wait in this line to hug this person you don't know, and you get like 25 seconds of awkward small talk. It's amazing. It's glorious. I love it. Maybe someday she'll be on my show, friends. How about that? That would be so fun. For now, until Jamie Abbey's on my show, go read her book, listen to her show, um... And while you're at it, I want to add a few more books to your nightstand. If you haven't already, go get Jen Hatmaker's book of Mess and Moxie. She's hilarious. I'm listening um, to it on audio book because I always listen to books because I hardly read. I actually did physically read Jamie Ivey's book, which is very impressive. But I was sick, so I had some days on the couch, so that helped. Um... But go read Jen Hatmaker's book. She narrates and reads her own books, and she's hysterical. I literally laugh out loud while I listen, which for those of you who know me, is not hard to do. But all that to say, you will love it. Also, I'm reading Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly. I love her writing style. She is so smart. She's she's a genius, I'm convinced. So vulnerable and authentic. I just can't get enough of it. It's It's amazing. So go grab that one. The feedback I've gotten about my online childbirth course has been so incredible. It just fills my heart so much to know that this course is changing your life. Because that's that's really, I mean, that's why I do this, you guys. I got a message from sweet, sweet Tressa from Kansas. She direct messaged me on Instagram. She's a first-time mama, and she wrote me this message. I want to read it for you. She said, Thank you for releasing your birth course. I've had a lot of anxiety and fear about birth. My heart is to have a low intervention birth and as natural of a birth as possible. 
I've been worried I won't have what it takes. My husband was a little apprehensive when I told him I had gotten a birth course, but when we started, he really enjoyed it. I already feel so much better and can't wait to finish the course. So awesome. Um, But I'm so excited, you guys, for you to get through this material um, and just be empowered. You're going to do amazing. So if you're pregnant and you're listening today, please know that you can do this. You are strong enough to have this baby. I would love to be that voice to encourage and equip you as you prepare for the birth of your child. Head on over to yourbestbirthcourse.com and enter the promo code podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at checkout for $50 off of the cost of the course. I can't wait for you guys to get through this stuff. It's going to be great. Oh, my friends, this week has been hard. Sickness, hospital trips, and loss. There's a mama in my community who lost her husband last week unexpectedly. She had four babies, you guys. Her husband loved Jesus with all of his heart. Their entire family has lived and breathed the name of Jesus for years. In the middle of her grief, this wife, this sister, this friend proclaims the name of Jesus for all to hear. To anyone who has ears to listen, she speaks. It is remarkable. She is grieving, heartbroken, and filled with sorrow, yet she fights for truth with every ounce of her being. She is clothed in strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of her future. The Lord is her shield and surrounds her as she fights this battle. She is telling her story, just as the Lord has called all of us to do, to tell the world about all He has done, all He has redeemed in us. Sometimes, in the middle of such unthinkable loss, it is hard to remember that the Lord sees us, As women and as people, we long to be known, to be heard, to be seen for who we truly are. And after revealing those most intimate parts of ourselves, we long to be told we are beautiful. Can I just speak the truth over you today? That God hears you. He sees you. He loves you and has good things in store for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He made no mistake in creating you, my friend. He made you so perfectly in his image. You can come back to him time and time and time again, and he will put you back together. Bring him all of your broken pieces. The one who knows the most intimate places of your heart, the one who made you, is the best and most qualified one to put you back together. He will accept you time and time again. He is in the business of redeeming what has been lost, of redeeming our broken things. Can I just encourage you, listener? Run, run after the one who is waiting for you with arms wide open, just waiting for you to jump in. So go be strong, Mama. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord our God will be with you wherever you go, wherever this week may take you. He is near. Today on the show, my guest is Katie Coles. Katie found me through Instagram about two years ago, and she hired me to be her doula for the birth of her first baby. I've been so blessed to get to know her and her family over the last couple years. 
We recorded this episode back in the fall, and I'm so excited. It's time for you guys to finally meet Katie. Katie is a NICU nurse and a mama to her son, Oliver, who is about 17 months and wife to her husband, Cameron. She shares her story of having an unmedicated birth in the hospital setting after being induced. It was a long one, but she was such a rock star. I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. Katie shares about what it looked like for her to trust that everything was going to be okay and believing that she could birth her baby. You're going to love it. Here we go, you guys. Thank you so much for coming. Of course, this is fun. Out to hang out and I know it's a long drive from Tacoma and so is Cameron just going to drive around with Oli in the car for a little bit? Yeah, go nap time in, maybe hit up the park. The park is yeah. the park is great and I'm thankful for the sunshine too. Yeah, it's pretty out. Is Oli, he's like probably pretty active like is he at the, the stage where he's really liking parks and yes yeah he loves loves going on the swings and slides he even goes down by himself so way to go buddy yeah, he loves it so fun okay so tell everyone kind of a little bit about yourself like who are you married to what's your life look like what is katie about i'm katie um and i'm married to my husband cameron we actually just celebrated our for your wedding anniversary yesterday. I saw that on yeah. your on your Instagram. I think that's so fun. Yeah, four years. Um, so I um, work as a NICU nurse in Tacoma. And um, Cameron works for our church as a media director. Um, and his our church is actually right next door to my work. So that's really convenient. And we live in a one-bedroom apartment in Tacoma. And we have a 13-month year a uh, 13-month-old son named Ollie and he's I know. just our a little joy bug it's been a lot of fun so fun I remember um so we were moving into this house when you were pregnant and That's just right. about to yeah. have a baby so yeah. this is so fun so yeah he's just like over a little bit over a year which yeah. is it goes really fast it does really fast that's so cool okay how did you meet Cameron like what's your love story so, um, Cameron and I both went to the same college. We both went to PLU and he was just finishing up his degree as I was about halfway done with nursing school. So we met over the summer. We had kind of seen each other around campus, but hadn't talked at all. Um, and then he became friends with some mutual friends, um, from the church that I had been going to at the time. Um, so he came over to a hangout at my old youth pastor's house. And we started talking, um, I think, about photography, kind of hit it off a little bit, and that turned into um, some Facebook messaging over Ooh. the next couple months. Yeah. Um, just had a lot of fun talking to each other. And then during that time, I went on a couple-week mission trip to Haiti. I didn't know that. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it was fun. Went with a couple of my friends um, just to do some relief work after the after the hurricane. Um but I realized during that time when I was gone, I really missed talking to him. So we started hanging out um, a little bit. We went on a group hike with my friends when we got back. Um, really enjoyed that. And then he asked me out on our first date. Way to go, Cameron. Yeah. Way to go. Okay, how long did you guys date before you got married? Um, It was actually about four years, which was um, a lot longer than we both wanted to. Um, we knew pretty soon into dating that we wanted to get married. Um, both of us didn't, you know, we weren't the type to just date for fun. Um, 
But Cameron had been doing some unpaid internships for our church at the time. Um, so it was just kind of a matter of securing employment and getting in a good spot financially before he could yeah. propose and get married. So yeah. we had to wait a while. A little logistics. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Were you working as a nurse then when you guys got engaged? Um, I had two years left of, uh, yes, I had just started when we got engaged, um, like a couple months before. So I actually started, um, in the unit that I work now in February and we got engaged in June and then got married in December. Okay. Fun. Did you always know you wanted to be a NICU nurse or was that just kind of where you landed? (sighs) Kind of both. I always knew that I wanted to work with kids or babies. Um, and I thought for a while in nursing school that I might want to do peds, um, or L and D. And then, um, we kind of set our preferences in nursing school for our residency. And I actually didn't put NICU on there, uh, or I think it was toward the bottom of my choices. And then, um, just ended up there, uh, in the NICU where I'm working now. And I loved it. That's so, awesome. How long have babies. you been there? Uh, almost five years now. That's a long time yeah. to be in, yeah. you know, one department, I feel like. Yeah. I think I'll be there forever. It's, You're established. I'm established. Yeah. It's great. What's one of your like favorite, favorite things about being a NICU nurse? Well, I, I just love babies. I love working with them. Um, I really love just seeing the little miracles all the time. Yeah. There's some that, you know, they're born and we as NICU nurses just know all these things that can go wrong and they just continue to surprise us and thrive and it's incredible. But I think since um, I become a mom, my favorite thing is just working with, with other moms as I yeah. know, I get it more how hard it is. Right. So. Just that mama heart and yeah. all that that goes in, all that emotion and yeah. feelings and love and all of that that goes into being a mama. Yeah. Yeah. They're just the connection with other moms has been really cool. That's so. awesome. I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that part. So at what point did you and Cameron start thinking about having a baby? Well, we had um, talked, we did premarital counseling um, with a really great couple from our church and we had talked about how many kids we wanted and how long we wanted to wait and we figured we'd want to just be us for two years and then um kind of see if we were ready so yeah got to our two-year anniversary um and figured we were kind of close to being ready to take that leap and have kids so we our anniversary is in december so we thought we'd try in the spring that's so fun yeah okay so what was getting pregnant like and finding out you're pregnant and all of that like for you guys So it it actually went pretty smoothly. For some reason, I, you know, I suspected that it would be more difficult. Um, but we actually got pregnant a couple months before we thought about trying. We were just kind of in that not really trying hard not to, but not actually trying yet. Um, and I actually found out in the grocery store. I had been sick that week and just feeling a little bit off, but I didn't really have a reason to suspect I was pregnant. And... Um, I'd just kind of been a serial pregnancy test taker, <laughs> so I actually had one in my purse, and then I just took one on a whim in the grocery store bathroom and found out I was pregnant, um, so. That's awesome. Yeah. What were you thinking after you left the grocery store? Well, I took it before I went grocery shopping, so. Was, You're like, I can't yeah. even do anything now. <laughs> yeah, I was just so stunned and excited, um, so <laughs> it took me forever to do the grocery shopping, and I didn't want to tell Cameron over the phone. Right. Um, but it was really excited to tell him. So I decided to stop at the mall on the way home and I picked up a pair of baby shoes and that was going to be 
the way I was going to tell him. So his birthday, his 30th birthday was the following week. So I came home um, and he helped me unload the groceries. And then I gave him this little, uh, little bag with baby shoes in it and told him it was an early birthday present. So. Oh, that's awesome. So fun. Yeah. And he just sat there till he's done. It took him a couple minutes to to get it but he was really excited so that's awesome he's a great dad yeah he is so fun yeah. cool okay so what was your pregnancy like with with oliver it was really it was good but it was hard physically i was really excited the whole time and i think i was maybe more aware of some moms of everything that could go wrong so i was just oh, thankful. I'm sure yeah i was just thankful that everything was okay even though i felt terrible um but i had kind of borderline hyperemesis probably until about 26 weeks. Um, so I was on meds the whole time. I took the Unison B6 combo um, and was kind of puking every day until oh. until then and then still had to stay on that um, until I had him. So it just felt gross the whole time. But other than that, I didn't have any actual complications and had a pretty healthy pregnancy. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so leading up to your birth experience, what was that season like? What were you guys kind of preparing for or hoping for out of your birth experience? I really wanted to have a natural birth. Um, Honestly, I think if I wasn't an acute nurse and hadn't seen some of the scarier things that I've seen, I might do like a birth center or home birth even. Um, but I did want to have a hospital birth because I just felt safest mm-hmm. um, there. But I really wanted a natural birth. I didn't want to do meds or an epidural if I could. Um, so that was a big part of our decision to hire you. Yeah. I felt like I could have have both things. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. And I was really anxious um, leading up to delivery. So that was something that I had to fight against. I just... Um, yeah, had a lot of fears. So, what was probably like the most helpful thing with your anxiety kind of leading up to birth? Was there anything you found that was kind of helped you overcome or manage some of those symptoms or feelings? Yeah, I think just being as prepared as I could. And I, I mean, there's just a lot that you can't prepare for. Sure. But um, we did do that birth class with you, mm-hmm. which was really helpful. Um, and then just seeking out positive birth stories, especially for me, um, of positive hospital, n- you know, med-free births. Right. Um, just having that in my head that, you know, it could happen was helpful for me. And then, yeah, just leaning on Cameron and telling him how I was feeling. He kind of just helped me when I was having irrational fears, just kind of talk through it and realize it wasn't as big as I thought it was, you know. Oh, totally. I think, yeah. you know, the first step is that I think is most helpful is just getting it out. Yeah. You know, getting it out of your head and your heart and either onto paper or journaling or talking with, you know, loved ones or people who, you know, are going to just be supportive and, and love you is, gosh, I think it just calms your fears so much. Yeah. It was really helpful. So I'm glad that you were able to chat with him and just talk through all of that. Cause that's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of prayer too. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, yeah. of course. Lots yeah. of that. Lots yeah. of that. Okay. So let's get into kind of your birth story. What, um, how did your birth kind of unfold and, and go into labor and all of that? Yes. So, um, as I said, I really had wanted to have a natural birth and I was really, um, hoping to avoid an induction, but ended up, um, going for that at some point. So we'd kind of, you know, gotten to my due date didn't expect anything to happen by then. You know, I knew that wasn't likely. 
um, got into 41 weeks. Then we started talking about induction with our OB, scheduled a date. Um, and then I was trying, you know, all those, yeah. all those tricks, anything <laughs> I could, um, and trying to be patient in the meantime, too. Um, so we had done some non-stress tests as, you know, as usual in at 41 weeks. Um, and so we had gone in for one on that Friday when I was 41 and four, um, and had a non-reactive non-stress test, which I wasn't worried about. Actually, I knew, um, Ollie was just sleeping. So, um, but we had to go into L and D into triage to get that checked out. So, um, went over there after I stopped at home and had some food and make sure that that would be good. Um, so we went in and did a biophysical profile, just making sure that everything was good with baby and he looked great. Um, and then I was just, I was really anxious. So my blood pressure had been kind of high. So we did a workup for, um, for PIH, uh, pregnancy induced hypertension to make sure I wasn't getting, um, eclampsia and that looked great. So on their end, I totally could have just gone home and waited until Monday when I was 42 weeks to get induced as we had planned. But um, Cameron and I had just talked about it while we were waiting uh, in triage, just what would happen if we went for it that night. Um, And we were both just feeling nudged like it was the time, which was kind of weird Mm -hmm. because I had been really patient, at least compared to um, a lot of people. I think you were so patient, Katie. (laughs) You did so great. I just remember thinking like, this girl has got it. Like (laughs) she has got it. She's doing great. Thanks. Uh, it was it was hard, but I just I think part of it was just having some fears and being willing to kind of put off uh, delivery for a little bit. I just wasn't trying to rush into it, but something was telling us both that this was the time. Um, and I hadn't been feeling great, especially the last couple weeks, and I'd been feeling great that day. Um, and I just didn't think that I was going to go into labor on my own. I just I don't know. Just with family histories, it didn't seem like it was going to happen by Monday. Um, And then we also really liked the OB that was on call that weekend. So we really trusted him and just felt like it would be a good experience with him. So kind of just prayed about it, thought about it, and took a big leap and went for induction a little earlier than we planned. Yeah. So what was your induction like? What was that experience like for you? I was really nervous about it, but it turned out to be a really great experience. It was actually kind of fun <laughs> during some parts, so way better than I expected. That's awesome. Yeah. So what 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 did you think about labor? Was it harder than you anticipated, kind of what you expected? Um, I expected it to be hard, so maybe what I expected, but it was hard. Yeah. It's definitely hard. How yeah. long was your labor? So we had gone in that Friday night to get induced. Um, I actually went into labor around 2 a.m. Saturday night after, you know, all those induction measures. We had done uh, three rounds of Cytotec and then Cervidil. So I went into labor. Uh, Cervidil is usually left in for 12 hours, and I had gone into labor at, like, the 10th hour. Um, so um, my I body had just not been having any really noticeable contractions up until that point. I felt fine. And then um, when I went to labor, it was just kind of, it hit me like a freight train. And so it was really yeah. hard for me to catch up and figure out how to, how to deal with the pain. And cope. And, and cope, yeah. And all of that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I know yeah. I had gone home to sleep for a little bit and then Cameron called me and was like, yeah. you need to come back yeah. right now. And I was like, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah. Hang in there. Yeah. Yeah. And we did. <laughs> 
Um, it's kind of funny. So when the contractions hit, I, I kind of just panicked a little bit. Um, I just wasn't expecting it to, I thought I would have a little bit of a ramp up and it was Mm -hmm. just so sudden. And we were really sleep deprived because the past two nights, I think I'd gotten like an hour each, which is just not ideal going into pushing for sure. Um, and so Cameron was just dead to the world when I went into labor. Um, dead to the yeah. world. <laughs> it took me like 10 minutes to wake him up. And I was just trying to figure out how to cope. So I got in the tub. But uh, yeah, I was really excited to see you, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. excited to be there too. I was like, let's do this. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so what was the actual pushing and delivery portion like for you? Oh, it was good. It was hard. Um So I had been in active labor for 12 hours by the time I started pushing. Um, And I was just so relieved. I think I'd gotten checked that whole time just to see if anything was happening. And I think, so it was on Sunday when I had him. I think it was around 1.30 when um, I got checked and found out that I was a five. And I remember just looking at you and crying because I just didn't think it was going to happen, honestly. Yeah. In the back of my head, I just had all these fears that I'd have instrumentation or a C-section or it just wasn't going to be a successful induction. So I was just so relieved when um, it was successful and I was making some progress. Um, and then I, after um, I found out I was five centimeters, it progressed pretty quickly. Um Next time I got, I got checked like an hour later and I was an aide and then I was complete, but I just couldn't tell when I was supposed to start pushing. That part was confusing to me because I had really, really intense back labor the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I couldn't tell the difference of that pressure and like any different urge to push. So in hindsight, I wish I would have labored down a little bit longer and been more patient, but I just couldn't tell. So yeah. <laughs> I went for it. And then, um, did about two hours of pushing, but my contraction spaced out a ton when we got to that point. So it was a lot of waiting in between. Um, tried a couple different positions, ended up using the squat bar and, um, pushing itself was fine. It was, I felt like I instinctually knew how to do it. It wasn't confusing, but, um, definitely painful when we got to the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I usually have a pretty good filter and I drop some pretty choice words at the end there. <laughs> I just remember like Katie is just a sweet, kind, like just reserved person. And then she's pushing and all of a sudden the cuss words are coming out. And I'm like, yes, this yeah, is awesome. Funny. I was like, that just made my day. Like that was amazing right there. But hey, you do whatever you got to do yeah. to get that baby out. Yeah, I guess it was effective. It was effective. It was very effective. <laughs> Okay, so what was your postpartum experience like in those first kind of few weeks after um, your son was born? Postpartum was pretty good. Um, Just being able to have that natural labor that I'd wanted, I felt like I was on a high for a couple weeks, and that Mm kind of helped with all the sleep deprivation. So Um, caring for Ollie went pretty well. Didn't run into any issues there. Breastfeeding, we had some challenges, but I was able to work through those with a really great lactation consultant and the sleep deprivation we kind of um, dealt with better than I thought we would. Um, physical recovery took a lot longer than I expected but got through it so yeah yeah overall it was good and it's a challenging time for sure you know just being exhausted and 
figuring out roles and all of that. But it was still really sweet and really good. That's awesome. What do you feel like was maybe the hardest thing about transitioning to life as a mom and and your marriage maybe changing and kind of those dynamics that you're now learning to juggle with yeah it's just still um you know even a year out been hard to just find really good quality time for each other sometimes it just feels like you know work and taking care of ollie for both of us time-wise come first and then just finding that energy left to you know really connect at the end of the day and get to talk and spend time together we've had to be a lot more creative than I expected trying to fit that in so still working on that but just seeing Cameron as a dad has been really amazing too and it's kind of made me fall in love with him in a different way I know isn't that so special yeah it's really fun I knew he would be an amazing dad um but he's blown that expectation out of the water for sure he's so amazing with Ollie that's awesome. It's fun. I know. It's just the best thing. Mm-hmm. It's it really just the is. best thing. I mean, like, even yesterday I was watching Jeff, like, play with Indiana. And I think that just there's – that does something for our mama heart mm-hmm. so much when we see our dads, like, wrestling or playing or being silly or, um, you know, doing imaginatory play, you know. Yeah. Using their imaginations with their kids or, or just being at their level. I think it just – Gosh, I think our hearts just grow yeah. so much in those moments. So dads are pretty awesome. They are. Yeah, it's, it's so fun to see. What do you feel like has been maybe one of the most challenging seasons of your life or the hardest kind of trial or, or um, experience that you've had to go through in your life that maybe you've realized has really given you a lot of strength or skills? Um that have given you the ability to be an awesome mom and be an awesome wife, which you are right now? Um, I think hardest season in general um, was losing one of my older brothers. Um, and Oliver is actually named after him, Oliver Adam. Um, but we we lost my brother in a car accident about a year after Cameron and I were married. Um, so that was it was just hard. I hadn't really lost someone really close to me before. Um it's just hard trying to navigate that. I definitely, you know, had some hard times with the Lord, just some, some bitterness and some anger that I had to, had to work through. And then just figuring out how to process those emotions with Cameron. I think a lot of times I just kind of wanted to deal with it on my own and not tell him how I was feeling. So yeah, it was a hard season to work through, but it was, um, it was good for Cameron and I too, to go through something hard together. And then just delivery was was kind of hard for me emotionally harder than I expected just trusting that everything would be okay um and so I think just coming out the other side of that I couldn't figure out this entire year why it stuck with me so much besides the obvious um right you know just the birth of my son and a really great experience that made sense but I was almost kind of obsessed about it like I thought about my birth experience every day and I couldn't figure out why it mattered so much but I think it was just the first time I realized I could be strong Hmm. um, in something. So I think going, having such a great experience with delivery and then going into that as a mom, I think it kind of gave me that little shot of confidence um, to get, you know, get all that started well, get our family started well. Oh, definitely. I think it definitely kind of prepares you for, you know, that postpartum period and and just your ability to like rally. Yeah. You know, I think 
a lot of times as women, whether you've had our baby or you haven't, I think we just don't realize like how strong we really Mm -hmm. are. Like there is just so much deep inside of you. And it's in those seasons where we've been, you know, experienced a trial or a loss or a challenge or done something really hard, like Mm -hmm. have a baby where we realize, oh my goodness, like I am strong. And it's not even because I'm just, you know, so cool or so great, but that the Lord, you know, is giving you that strength. And there's so much more deep inside of you than you would have ever expected or experienced, but it's in those seasons where we're pressed and we're, you know, we're pushed and, um, you know, we're a little bit shaken Mm -hmm. that we've realized just how strong we are. And I love to hear that. It just kind of gave you confidence and who you are and, and who the Lord was yes. for you. So that's pretty amazing, Katie. Okay. What is your favorite thing about being a mama in this season of your life? It's just, it's really so fun. Um, it's still challenging. Ollie's not a great sleeper, so we're tired all the time. But Yes. How, okay. So let's talk about his sleep. How much is he sleeping at night? Uh, <laughs> he, he'll be in bed for the 12 hours, but he's still up like four times a night. Four times? Yeah. So, Katie, that's yeah. rough. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Sleep training's kind of, kind of been, uh, been hard for us. I... I almost sleepwalk and just autopilot (laughs) during the night. And so I'll take him to bed before we, you know, do what we planned on doing for sleep training. So yeah, it's kind of been a joke, but yeah. Oh man. I like, okay. So neither of my kids really slept through the night till they were one. Um, and I think I almost, it was like, almost like I had PTSD from the sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. and the trauma of just being so tired and not sleeping and just racking your brain. And every night you're like, well, what did I do wrong? And what could I do different? And, um, he needs 12 hours and I have to, you know, it's like, if he doesn't get the exact amount, then I'm going to just lose my ever loving mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like just a sleep Nazi about the hours. And I ended up like in a moment of desperation, like I think I've told you, like finding that sleep consultant and, and she really changed my life. Like (laughs) she came and spent five hours with us and just said, and looked at everything we were doing from his eating to his dressing at night and what his room looked like and everything and said, okay, here's where you can make some little changes. And it wasn't this big old thing. It was just these, a lot of tiny little changes that that really helped, um, was such a game changer for us. So there yeah. is hope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've honestly considered it at some point. I think we just both feel like it's so challenging because we're in a right. one bedroom. And yeah. So I think it, I don't know, we're just kind of doing the best we can right now, yeah. but we'll have to figure it out at some point. Yeah. Maybe when he's in a different room or yeah. a different season, then you can kind of go for it. And, and it's, you know, if you, if it's working for you now, then great. It's just at the moment, at the moment, it just stops working. Yeah. There are other options and yeah. other alternatives that can really be so, so awesome. It's yeah. so life-changing. Yeah. Sleep is important. Sleep is very important. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as a NICU nurse, you've had a baby. What's maybe one piece of encouragement or advice or wisdom that you might share with someone who's walking into having a baby for the first time or pregnancy? Um, What would you want to share with them? Uh, I think as a NICU nurse, I tell moms all the time just to really trust their instincts. And I've had to tell myself that too because I... I feel like I'm more confident as a nurse sometimes as a mom when it's my own kid. You know, I think I right. start to second guess myself sometimes. But 
Um, I see so many moms that, you know, they're just in a really vulnerable time just having a new baby and, you know, the baby's either premature, has some scary health issues and, um, just reminding them that they have what it takes that, that they're this, you know, this baby's mama and encouraging them to be as involved as they can. Um, it's really helpful, but just to trust their mama instincts because they're, they're usually spot on. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, they are. But it is mm-hmm. e- really easy to second guess, guess yourself. Mm-hmm. It is. Especially in the the land <laughs> the land of Facebook yes. that we live in or just other moms and crowdsourcing and opinions. It it really is tough. Yeah. Tough to kind of navigate those waters sometimes. But that instinct is really helpful. Yeah. And there are so many opinions I've found. It's just, it's great to listen to the mom, but just at the end of the day, you just have to figure out what works for you and kind of be confident in that because... Yeah, otherwise you'll go crazy. You will go crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Oh, totally. What are some of your favorite things in this season of your life? All right. It's so cliche, but I love coffee. (laughs) It's not cliche. It's a lifeline. I I need my coffee first thing in the morning and I look forward to it and it's great. Love my coffee. Um, Just this whole first year with Ollie, we've loved baby wearing. That kind of surprised me. Oh, yeah. Too. Um, that Cameron's loved it as much as he did. So I thought I'd had to had to talk him into it. And he's um, it's been a helpful tool for him, too. And I still use Marigold all the time. So. Oh, all the time. Yeah. I, I actually ended up selling my Ergo and buying a toddler Tula. When, I heard those are great, too. When Indy was about a little over one. And, I mean, I still will sometimes just throw them on my back and be like, here we go, buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're going into Costco. Yeah. I can't deal with you climbing out of the cart right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has been a huge, I mean, I'm like, wear them everywhere and yeah. all the time because it's like containment. As yeah. long as you can contain them, yeah. it makes life so much easier. Yeah, it's just survival sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even just trying to do laundry since we're in an apartment, the the laundry machines are in the basement and I just can't do it without wearing them. So. Yeah. It's great. That's awesome. So coffee and your baby wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Those are probably two essentials. Um, I didn't honestly get into podcasts until you started yours, but those have been really fun for me too. Um, I think just trying to kind of find my own mom village has been a little hard. I have a couple really close friends that are, um, have just become moms or are about to become moms. So I feel like that will come. Um, cause that's yeah. the first of my friends to have a baby really. Um, but I think just listening to mom type podcasts, um, have been really fun for me, like when I'm out grocery shopping. So that's, that's kind of been an encouraging thing that I can look forward to every week. Oh, totally. I think it helps you feel connected and like you're not alone. Yes. Um, and you're with someone. Yeah. As crazy as it is that you're just sitting here listening in on a conversation, I think there's something so powerful about actually hearing someone talk yeah. versus like reading a blog or reading a book or those kinds of things. I think it's, I think the power of podcasting is just being able to hear people's heart in a different way. And it's so much more intimate mm-hmm. than reading words on a page. Not that that doesn't have an incredible value as well, but I love that. I love that the community aspect. Yes. Yeah. That podcasts bring, um, especially to moms um, and women in general. What are some of your favorite podcasts that you listen to? Yours, obviously. <laughs> oh, Yours is my favorite. I'm not just saying that. It's really thanks, fun. Thanks, Katie. Um, I think birth story is really fun. So I think 
just, you know, being able to hear everybody's birth stories and then um, just like the hard encouraging stuff too is really cool. And then I do love coffee and crumbs. I think you actually recommended that yeah. one too. Yeah. But love coffee and crumbs. That's great. Yeah. I think those two are my favorite. Yeah. That's awesome. I yeah. love um, the Risen Motherhood podcast yeah. is another great one for moms out there. You know, there, there actually are a lot of mommy type of podcast out there. Um, it's just a matter of finding ones that are super encouraging for you. The happy hour podcast was kind of like my gateway drug into <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> it really was. Jamie Ivy's podcast really inspired me to, to start my own. So I've always been a huge fan of hers, but that's another fun, yeah, fun podcast. I downloaded those too. I just haven't tried them yet. So I will. Yeah. Give them a try. I know I always have like my earbuds in pretty much constantly. And sometimes Monroe will just yell at me like, mom, mom, can you hear me? Take your headphones out. I'm like, oh, sorry, babe. Um, but you, I really do feel like you could just listen all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's entertainment and encouragement at the same time. I right. Like it. Yeah. Right. I feel like it gives me energy to mm-hmm. do the dishes or do the laundry or fold the clothes or, or whatever it is. It kind of keeps you going. It does. Yeah. What's kind of something you're looking forward to? Christmas is upon us. Probably um, when this podcast comes out, Christmas will be already happened. But what are some of your favorite kind of Christmas traditions or, hol- or holiday things that you're looking forward to kind of as a new family? Yeah, I feel like we're still kind of trying to establish our own traditions. That's been fun. Um we already went and cut down our tree. We got to go with Cameron's family, so that was really fun. Um, we'll probably, Santa's not huge for us, but we'll probably do another Santa picture with Ollie this year just for fun. Um, I don't know, pretty traditional things. I want to bake cookies with him, and um, we'll do Christmas Eve service at our church. And we, our tradition has been to have Christmas morning, just the three of us at home. So that's been really good, too. And then spend time with family, but I don't think we have anything really unusual yet, but that's fun. Yeah. It'll grow. Yeah. It'll grow. And, and as you know, Oliver gets older and all of that, like, I think things will change and grow and, and kids just make the holidays way more cool. Mm-hmm. It's so and fun. so much more fun. I mean, even decorating a tree just becomes so much better mm-hmm. when you have like little ones around to to enjoy that with so that's so awesome yeah Cameron and I decorated our tree after Ollie went to bed one uh one night and it was so fun to see his face in the morning I was really excited yeah so cool what do you feel like the Lord is really kind of speaking into your life or speaking over you in this season of your life honestly I feel like I'm kind of at the beginning of a lot of different lessons um there's, yeah, there's so many things that I feel like I'm learning, but haven't, you know, I'm learning over and over again, but, um, also cliche, but really just trusting the Lord in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, birth experience being one example, um, but with finances and just with the season that we're at in life, um, you know, trying to get ready to buy a house and all those type things, just being content where we're at and then trusting the Lord with all those things just really learning that right now. Um, just having grace with myself. I'm a pretty type A person and I just want everything to be perfect and it's not real life. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Hence the, uh, the toys all over yeah. my kitchen right yes. now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So just letting go of trying to let go of some of that perfectionism. Um, I'm definitely not there yet, but 
just trying to have grace with myself and um, Cameron and I having grace with each other. It's something that we're learning, especially when we're sleep deprived and life is just kind of crazy. That's awesome. And contentment too. Yeah. And life, it's really, it's really good. But I think in kind of our culture with Instagram and Facebook, it's just easy to find silly ways to get discontent. So yeah, just being happy where we're at and being thankful for what we have has been a been something on my heart lately too mm-hmm. yeah you're absolutely right yeah and in in that which is crazy in all these conversations that i've had with with women and moms it just keeps coming up every time every conversation um and somewhere there's this contentment thing mm-hmm. or how do we find satisfaction or how do we find joy um you know it just is a thing it's yeah. a thing for our generation and women. And I think it's, I think partly it's, it kind of speaks to the core of how God designed women and, yeah. and who we are and, um, you know, kind of where we draw our identity from too. I think that's a big, a big piece of it, but it just doesn't go away. Yeah. It just doesn't go away. And so kind of learning to, to really find joy in, you know, who the Lord has made you to be is amazing and hard yeah it is hard i i still just get so wrapped up in whatever my circumstances are and it feels silly because we just have have everything so good right now we both have have a you know we have a nice place to live and we have great jobs and a beautiful child like i have nothing to be discontent about like health is good all those things but yeah it's just um our sinful hearts find ways to to get discontent so just being content in the Lord no matter what's going on around us. It's been a lesson I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so good. Okay, so since you are kind of a type A, (laughs) I mean, you said it, type A kind of personality. Are you someone who you know, thinking about the new year, do you like, do you love goal setting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I can imagine you would just love like writing it all down. So what are maybe some of your goals that you might share with us for 2018? I haven't thought about it a lot yet, but, um, I, let's see, <laughs> there's a bunch of big ones and I think that's my hardest thing every year. And I know new year's resolutions are also super cliche. Um, but I do like big goals and then I don't get very far with them. Um, I think finding more regular time with the Lord has been really hard for me. I've gone mm-hmm. through like weeks where it's been great. And then honestly, I'll just get busy and distracted. And then uh, it's pretty obvious when that doesn't happen is I get more impatient. My heart gets ugly and uh, it's just something that I know I need to figure out a way to get that daily time in. So that's a big one. Um, Cameron, and I still want to find better ways to get quality time together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard from a lot of couples that the first year of a baby's life is the hardest. And so I've kind of held on to that and, um, it's not going to be like this forever. This, um, you know, just crazy time where it's so hard to fit time in together. So something that we want to work on this year, just more regular date nights and good time to connect. Um, and then, not really specific, but just some health goals. I feel like my body just kind of fell apart after mm. postpartum and having Ollie. And, you know, just during that time when you're so focused on taking care of your kid, I let a lot of things slide. So I just started wor- working with a really great naturopath in Tacoma. And so. Oh, that's just, awesome. Yeah. I was kind of getting my hormones back in order and 
you know, fix my diet a little bit and some good supplements to get things back in order and get some energy, all those things. So that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I be think a better mom and a wife when I'm feeling good. So yeah, exactly. It's like you're equipping yourself to do the best job Yeah. that you can, which is huge. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, what were some of your goals for last year that maybe you've looked back on and said like, okay, did those actually happen? Um, or, you know, thinking, kind of looking back over and recapping the last year. I don't even know if I made any last year. Um, you're like, I was having a baby. Yeah. I think I was just trying to survive last year. Um, yeah, we were still pretty fresh. I don't know. I was probably trying to yeah. get sleep and be a good mom. Just pretty general. Yeah. And yeah, I don't even remember, honestly. <laughs> I look back at those years and they're so fuzzy. Mm-hmm. So blurry. It's yeah. so fuzzy, especially the the sleep deprivation piece makes a huge difference. Yeah. I think as far as like quality time with Cameron and that whole piece, I, I talk a lot with my couples actually um, in my classes about, I call them the four grapes of wrath um, in that transition to parenthood, that first kind of year after a baby's born. And a lot of this comes from John Medina's book, uh, Brain Rules for Baby, mm. um, which is a great which is a great, great book, but he talks about kind of these four pillars, um, that can cause strife, um, or challenges or make that transition harder than it needs to be. And he says there, sleep loss Mm. would be the first one, unequal distribution of household chores, which is usually like the first thing to go out the window. Like usually couples have a good idea of like what you know, their roles are, what they're going to do and their responsibilities. And we just have babies. And then it's just like, oh, crap. Like, Mm -hmm. who's going to do what? I don't even know. I'm just trying to brush my teeth, Mm -hmm. like kind of figuring all of that out. And then the next one he talks about is social isolation. So, you know, finding your tribe, finding your village, finding those people who are going to support you and help you carry the weight. Because we were never designed to do this by ourselves. Mm -hmm. Never. And then, you know, he talks about the last one being depression and, you know, not only for moms and postpartum depression, but dads can also experience depression, you know, in that first year, of course, you know, after a, after a baby's life, but he talks about, you know, creating empathy, um, and just having grace for each other. And when we're able to just give each other the benefit of the doubt, we just do better. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And we thrive and we're able to kind of manage some of those challenges a little bit better. So I'm like, grace. That's really good. Yeah. I'll have to check that one out too. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great book. It's really um, fascinating. He he talks about a lot of research. Um, So I'm kind of I'm kind of a junkie like that about, I'm a nerd <laughs> kind of when, Nerds are good. when it comes to um, birth stuff and, and research, I love to read it. So, um, but yeah, just giving each other the benefit of the doubt is, it's hard to do. Yeah. It's still hard for me to it's do really sometimes. Fun. Um, but so helpful that empathy piece is really, um, really a big deal. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. This oh, has been fun. super fun. Yeah, thank I've you loved, for having me. Yeah, I've loved chatting with you. You're oh, an awesome you. mama. Thanks. I loved how Katie shared about how giving birth to her son was one of the first times she realized she could be so strong, so much stronger than she would ever know. How true is that, that in those seasons of our lives when we are pressed and pushed, we realize just how much is in us 
that's left in the tank. Motherhood is like this daily outpouring of ourselves. We give, we nurture, we get up, we rise again. But the craziest part about it all, the part that totally rocks my world, is that as we give, the Lord pours back into us. We pour out ourselves and the Lord pours his identity into us, his strength into us. And slowly, ever so slowly, we start to look just a little bit more like him. It's beautiful and brilliant and hard as hell all at the same time. All right, my amazing listeners, I need your help. I've put my heart and soul into my new online course, and I need you to help me spread the word. Would you be willing to share my course with your pregnant friends this week? I would be so, so, so thankful. I believe in this course, and I will say it again and again. I won't stand behind anything I don't believe in with my whole heart, and I believe in this one, you guys. There is so much negativity and false narratives surrounding childbirth in our culture. Fear can surround us everywhere we look if we let it. You guys know that. From what we see in the media to the horror story the mom in the grocery store shared with us yesterday, one of the most common fears I hear from moms about labor and birth is that they fear the unknown, that the what-ifs surrounding childbirth overwhelm them. I'm here to change that fear surrounding our what-if narrative. I don't know what story you've been making up about your birth experience, but I'm here to tell you that you can do this. I believe in you and in your birth and in our innate ability to have our babies. I'm here to tell you the truth, to provide you with current evidence-based information about childbirth so that you can make the decisions that are best for you and your family and no one else. Head on over to yourbestbirthcourse.com and enroll in my online course. Use the promo code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, PODCAST, for $50 off of your class. Would you be willing to help me spread the word? I would be so grateful. Friends, tell everyone, tell your family, tell your friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am praying for you this week, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.